Hello, folks. Welcome to Holding On with Holder, where I talk to interesting people about interesting topics. My name is Steve Holder, and I am your host. My guest this evening is Pete Humbuck, a good friend of several years, who is here to share his experiences with alcoholism and his many years of sobriety. Welcome, Pete. So glad to have you with me. Oh, glad I could make the equipment work to be here. Okay. What are you doing now? <laughs> Leave it alone. Uh, well, you know, May 17th, or no, December 17th to May 16th is the worst five months of my life. I'm sure. My wife broke her leg in December. And over the period of time, she's been in and out of a couple of rehabs where you couldn't visit, made me mad. She came home. She went back to the hospital. Then we finally found out that Buddy had what the death certificate now called non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. And after the doc talked to that, she looked at me and says, I married a drunk and I got cirrhosis. <laughs> and after that short discussion, we got along famously and worked at taking care of what was going to happen what we we're going to do for buddy and everything else yeah. she died about 1 a.m may 16th between my uh, giving her a mouthful of morphine which the nurses had set up for me to do and taught me how to do and uh, i did it 12 o'clock midnight and two o'clock i came upstairs to give her another one and she's already dead so I gave her a kiss, told her I loved her, and put in action the things to do to take care of the rest of the buddy. It was a nasty, nasty five months. I'm sure. I'm sure. She was a sweet lady, and I know I will never forget her. Thank you. You did a good marrying job there. That's right. I had the pleasure of performing that ceremony, didn't I? Yes, you did, and I was very happy with it. Well, me too. I enjoyed it. So, can you tell us a little bit about your background, Pete? How would you describe yourself? Who are you? Oh, let's see. I'm a native. Well, I was born in Yonkers, New York. The family moved to New Jersey in 1937. I was a year old, and I grew up in New Jersey. Went to North College Engineering. Finally graduated with a degree in civil engineering, uh, sanitary engineering major. Uh, went to work for a good engineering firm and uh, learned my trade. Spent most of my time out in the field inspecting construction of wastewater treatment plants. Okay. I don't make waves up to here. <laughs> but it was a good career. I changed up for a time. And sometime in the 1990s, the company I was working for went broke. I don't think for anything I did, but because they were lousy managers. So I retired. Yeah. And I've retired ever since. Uh, I moved to Tennessee in 2004 because my present wife and I couldn't decide where to go. We were both now retired. We, so we said, you know what? You want to go here. I want to go there. Let's get a divorce. Sell the condo. You go your way and I'll go my way. 
and we did. Okay. And it worked out quite well. I ended up here in Tennessee. Uh, well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you I, did. Can you do me a favor and please leave that phone alone? You're moving around all over the place. <laughs> grumpy interview. Okay, we'll pull it. Okay, on. wonderful. Thank you, brother. Very good. You so, know you can't give me instructions. <laughs> and I've, I've been here since 2004. About 2007, I bought this house I'm in. And I've been living happily here. Got married six years ago. You did the job. And I've been very, very happy. Buddy and I got along pretty good. And she's a sweet, sweet lady. Yes, definitely. No doubt about that. And then she got taken away from me. Yeah. So right now I've been trying to get better. Uh, I've been sober over 40 years. I'm getting so tired of bragging about my time because it was only me and God that got me sober and he did the most work. Yeah. But when things hit the fan, the people I know in AA jump to help me. They all talk to me. A couple of them have recently gone through the same thing I was going, and they wouldn't leave me alone. They kept calling me, how you doing? I, I got more support out of AA than anybody but my two sons and three grandsons. And that kind of support is absolutely fantastic when you don't know what you're doing. I never wanted to drink. That's the when, when I left Buddy at the hospital to be operated on for a broken leg, I drove out Route 16 to come home to Jonesboro. And there's a big fancy liquor store on that road going home. And I'm not going to tell you what I told the contents of the liquor store, but I did. <laughs> it was it's my way. Is that I ain't going to drink. I don't want to drink. I don't want the stuff you have. So since then, I've been depressed, sad, unhappy, but got through it all. And I got through it all because of time in AA, the people I've met. And yeah. I was there. My favorite meeting has been Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. It's central. And the end of May, I said to somebody, I said, I want to lead the meeting in June. Leading a meeting is a lot of things. It is one, shut up and point at the right people and listen. And I've been going to meetings and they were taking 25 or 30, 25 minutes, no, not 20, 15 minutes to get through all the stuff the group has decided you have to go. When I came into AA, they opened up with one word, welcome, we're glad you're here. What are you guys worried about? What do you want to know? What could, well, I did that to them. And we had an extra 10 minutes for a meeting, which is what I was taught you're here to do. Talk about yourselves, help your friends. And they did. I sat there amazed at how everybody knew exactly what I needed. <laughs> the whole crew was very good. I was very happy with the job. I'll be doing it the rest of the month of June. But it's how AA has helped me get through this mess and finally realize it. 
And last night, I have two sons and three grandsons. One of the grandsons is working out in Mount Juliet, and he couldn't come in, but this, all of them threw a birthday party for me. And they went to work and cooked my favorite meal, which was a pot roast, cooked like my grandmother cooked it. It was fantastic. I have had that. It ended the sadness and the brokenheartedness that the rest of the world is still around. Guys like you are around. And I'm sober. I'm going to stay sober. Every day, like the program, all the things the program tells you to do, I keep doing it. So I went through a miserable five months. But I'm through it. Uh, and uh, I'm getting back to work. I'm doing what I have to do. I'm cleaning up the house and getting things ready, which is about all I can do. When I stop doing important things like this, I am going to pay my medical bills, which are fairly steep, but I've got the savings to cover it and I will pay the medical bills. So that's what my life is today. Thank you. (laughs) How old were you when you started drinking, Pete? Oh, God. I was drinking in my teens. Uh, We drank a lot of beer in those days. And if you turned 18, you could drive over to New York, get all the liquor you wanted, and drive back to Jersey and drink it all. And I never really got bad until, I don't know, it just got worse and worse and worse. I drank more and more. I gave my wife a hard time. Poor Carol. Uh, put up with this drunk for a long time. And I asked the boys last night, did Carol know Dick Barr and George Rittenhouse? Dick Barr ended up, she was going to church with these people. And Dick Barr had about 10 years then and George Rittenhouse had about 30 years. And they were telling her what to do. She had never admitted to that to me. But the oldest son says, yeah, dad, she knew Dick Barr. And he was telling her what to do to get you straightened out. Okay. The only thing she could do was throw me out. She, Carol and the two boys went out the door, got in a cop. There was two cops keeping me quiet. And uh, the uh, third person, fourth one going out with my golden retriever. And that dog made me mad because he looked so happy. Oh. <laughs> anyway. So I drank for about three more days, very heavily, more so than usual. Like she called me up to go call AA, you're a drunk. She used lots of terms. I didn't think a nice lady like Carol knew, but she got them. And I went to AA. I went to, uh, I was 12 step, called up AA. They sent a guy over to see me that night. We sat around and talked. One of the things that most interested me as I got to know AA, I don't remember a thing he said. I know I did, but I don't remember whether he said it, and I never saw him again. That bothered me because I soon wanted to say thank you. But after that meeting, I went outside. It was December 12th in North Jersey in a uh, recently snow-plowed parking lot of a church in Plainfield, New Jersey. And I always credited these two guys, and finally I got smart, and I found that God told them what to tell me. They just looked at me and said, this is what you're going to do. Don't drink and go to meetings. 
you know what? That somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've used it ever since. It has worked for me. I was in a meeting the other day, and the guy said about halfway through the meeting, he said, Wow, this is my first meeting. And they go right on talking about something else. And I sat there and stooped. And finally, I, I introduced myself and I says, if this was my first meeting and I listened to all this stuff, I'd gone out and gotten drunk because I didn't know what you were talking. I still don't know what you're talking about. And this guy looked at me and smiled. And I says to him, don't drink, go to meetings. It's got me through 40 more years of sober. And he and I talked afterwards. And then again, I haven't seen him since. So what the heck? But there's certain things I needed at the first thing. And the, first, the only thing I needed was that direct order. I could understand the direct order. I didn't know anything about 12 steps. I didn't know anything about anything else. But don't drink and go to meetings. Got me all this time in AA. And now I repeat it. Now I'm known as the old goat that says, don't drink and go to meetings. Okay. Yes, and you I got are. <laughs> And I, uh, I tell a lot of people, and you're, you're new when I run into you. I talked I talk to a guy tonight. He says, Pete, I understand what you're saying for this morning, but my dad's got 22 years and he's been helping us. Go see your dad. Take care of whatever your dad said. But that's, that's my uh, answer. And it's worked. I've done a lot of work in AA. I've slowed down. The birthday yesterday was 85 years old. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. And 41 of them, I've been sober. And people ask me why. It's a hell of a lot better than drinking. <laughs> That's all the risk you can say. Amen to that. Amen to that. And I got sober because I finally realized where I got those instructions. I finally got far enough in the program and I accepted a higher power or God or whatever you want to call him. But there's somebody, something somebody knows more than I do. And he gave me that information. And that since then, I've solved, solved, yeah, followed the program. And hopefully I've helped a lot of people. You have. You have helped a lot of people. You are a very much appreciated man, a very loved man, with good reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. And <laughs> but it, just between it, us, I won't tell anybody else that. Excuse me. I said just between us, I won't tell anyone else that. Okay, don't tell. <laughs> I, so, yes. what was your main drink when you drank? Oh, two or three martinis every night. Oh, okay. A martini Perfect. man, huh? <laughs> Her dad moved to an apartment down in Baltimore and gave me a great big refrigerator, which ended up downstairs in the game room. It always held two cases of beer, one Schaefer and one Budweiser. <laughs> and they were all cold. Whatever. That's what I drank. And I had a, it, my job position made people give me bottles of liquor. And I put them in the ice box, <laughs> which was warm. Uh, and soon I made a deal with the liquor store since I was such a good customer 
they take an unopened bottle of scotch and trade me a bottle of gin because really? I drink. So I had a uh, swapping job with, what was it? Watchung Liquor Store in, in Watchung, New Jersey. So I drank all of that. And I drank a lot of other stuff. But yeah. I understand. <laughs> so did your drinking cause a lot of problems with your family and friends and relationships? Mainly with my family. You could get away with it in the construction business because there's a lot of drunks. And somebody put a bumper sticker on my car and all of a sudden I found out how many sobering up drunks were in the construction business. You saw the bumper sticker and they came, hey, you in the pro? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it helped. It made me new friends and different people to know. Uh, I went to, uh, I had set this thing up about three months after I quit drinking. I had a meeting set up to close out a project we built in Belmar. And we went to a restaurant and everybody in the place knew I drank. And they went around the room and they said, the girl came to me, she said, what would you like? I have an iced tea. That kind of shocked most of the guys that knew me very well. And one guy being fairly knowledgeable, what did you do? Did you go to AA? I says, yes. Good for you, keep up the good work. And that was fun. Then we were on to the meeting arguing about the job. But it, it, it helped me. Yeah. And uh, it took care of me. I, I, had, I had a great clerk of the works down in Belmar, a little young lady. And we, we closed the job, Neptune down. That was Neptune. We closed it down. And she called me up one day. She said, my husband and I went to lunch at such and such a joint, which is a good restaurant. She says, the next booth with three contractors that work there. And the basic message I get, we're going to get that no good drunken engineer that was on this job. I said, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, what was her name? Okay. Anyway, we had a big meeting with the lawyer to set things up. And I talked to my sponsor about it. And uh, he says, you got to honestly tell your client what you did. So I did. We had this big meeting in the lawyer's office. Everybody's going out the door there. And I'm hanging back. And he finally, goes, you want to talk to me? Yes, sir, I do. And I told him. He says, thank you. Never heard another thing about that lawsuit. They settled it with no problem. And I didn't have a thing to do. Yeah. But that God straightening me out a little bit. And that's the kind of things that happened to me. Yeah. So how many kids do you have? Two boys, Peter and David. And how Peter, many grandkids? Three. Three grandkids, okay. Timothy, Josiah, and Timothy. Okay. Wait a minute. I, I never get them straight, and they give me a hard time. <laughs> Timothy, Josiah, Joshua, and Josiah. Okay. They're good and, kids. Okay. And you still go to 12-step meetings? Oh, yeah. Constantly. It, it became when I could get away from Buddy when hospice was here, I go to a meeting. And it, it burned down that the only one I was going to was Saturday, Sunday morning at Central Group, which I just left. And Central Group has been the best group I've had since I moved to Tennessee. And I work hard there. 
one of the best deals I got into, and his damn disease screwed it up, was uh, Daryl and Danny and I took a meeting to the federal Princeton prison in Lee County, Virginia. Okay. And you sit there looking at a whole bunch of guys that have probably killed people that had two reasons to be there. Some of them wanted to get sober. Some of them just wanted time off from whatever the heck you're supposed to do in prison. And yeah. you, soon you soon recognize the guys that wanted to get sober. So it was worthwhile. And I told Daryl, I said, you gotta get this thing started again. You better include me. He says, I will. So it's, it's getting away from the pain, the suffering and all the crap I went through yeah. trying to Buddy, getting back into the program and starting to find better things to do. Yeah. And you've told your story a lot over the years, haven't you, at AA meetings? Yeah. I love to talk. You what are you getting today? <laughs> well, I, and I appreciate you willing to tell your story here because it can you know, I'm sure it'll be helpful to a lot of people. Uh, and do you still sponsor people? No. No. No old goat like me to sponsor i talk to people <laughs> nobody asked me so okay I'll, I'll talk to you but if you don't pick me that's your choice not mine there you go so other than don't drink and go to meetings what else do you say to newcomers i know you say more than that even though <laughs> you say that most of the time i say that first i'll talk to them for a while and trying to read the person. Some people look interested, so I'll talk more to them. And some of them, okay, I says, it worked for me. When they gave me that order, it, it made me very happy. It, uh, it helped me, and I didn't know how much it was gonna help. And it's helped me for 41 years. So I give it to you. It's your choice. If you think it's worthwhile, use it. If you don't think it's worthwhile, I hope you stay some, sober somehow. Yeah. Not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I did. Yeah. So, do you read a lot of recovery literature? No. <laughs> I think I got a bookshelf full of them. Okay. And I haven't read much anymore. I don't remember. I know the 12 steps, I know the 12 traditions. But uh, with Buddy being sick, I didn't have time to read anything. Yeah. And and my whole purpose was when I really found out how bad she was, was only to take care of Buddy and don't drink. I know that. And, and but now I'm getting back into living my life and living it alone. I hit, hit some guy this morning with don't drink and go to meetings. He turned around and said, well, I think my dad's told me that. <laughs> I said, use it. It's all up to you. Yeah, if this was his second day in an AA meeting. Yeah. So we, we have, <laughs> what else can I say? God's I'm, been good. I imagine you read a lot of recovery material in the beginning, right? Oh, well, the first book I read, anybody gave me, because I didn't know what to do to read, was Living Sober. It's a good and book. It's a, it is a good book because it, yeah. it had points in it I needed. And somebody said, have you got a big book? And go through the thing and uh, got a big book. I now have 
four editions of the big book, a copy of the first one. The second, second one I got from uh, a minister at New Providence Presbyterian Church where I was working. And she was retired. She says, I want you to have the book. The third edition was what they gave me when I started. And of course, they came out a fourth, fourth edition. So I got a fourth edition. But somebody starts reading the book. I says, get your hands on the first edition with the first stories. Because all the guy, and I said it today, all the people in this room, we're sissies. We don't know what being drunk is. Go read those guys that wrote the first book. Because they were nasty drunks. Yeah, they were. <laughs> the, the, the one I liked is they had a hot shot salesman. And it isn't the first 100 or so people. And he didn't buy the God stuff, but he was saying sober. And he went off on a sales story. And I'm probably butchering his story. It's about like this. And for some reason, he got drunk. He's in a hotel room in a far distant city and stayed drunk. And they, everybody said, where the hell did Charlie go? Nobody knew. He showed up at an AA meeting and people were like, hi, Charlie, how are you? I says, why don't we talk about this God stuff? I need some help. So who keeps this sober? Me? No. God's instructions? Yes. So that's the kind of stories I like. I, I have was having my Mach 1 Mustang worked on and sat there in a dealership reading all those stories. Happier than hell. Car got fixed. No, he butchered the fixing. And I had to call somebody else and they said, they I told them everything. They, they, right, right, right. And then they put in platinum parts plus. Get rid of them. I said, okay, what do I come down to the store buy eight uh, auto life spark plugs? Because Ford only likes auto life spark plugs. And thereafter, Danny and I drove to San, San Antonio, Texas to go to a convention. So I, I, I keep getting the help. I'm getting a hell of a lot better with the uh, pain I've gone through. And I guess, and I, you know, there's a girl in the program that's facing cancer. She's not sure. I said, she's going to lose your hair. They suggest that. This buddy's got three wigs. Do you want them? Yes, she gets Buddy's wigs. I can't wear them. Much as I look like you, I can't wear a wig. I know. Every time I see you, I say, that's what I'm going to look like in 20 years. What do you mean? You look like <laughs> now. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. It's, it's it, because you're my idol, Pete. That's what it is. <laughs> it, it, what I do. I try and help people. I don't do much in AA. I'm leading a meeting just because I knew that would help me. And I had too many people come. My God, Pete, that was a great meeting. Thank you. I didn't do it. I just, you, 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 and one guy that knew the kind of meeting I wanted to run, which was, I didn't want to take 15 minutes getting through all the instructions and nonsense. I just read uh, what is AA and got into the meeting. And everybody liked it. They all talked. They all joined. This guy asked me to write, ask the right question. I gave him a straight AA answer. Do the four step, do the fifth step, get a sponsor. Yeah, pat, 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 and cold 
straight AA. But then the members of the group started saying, and this is how you got to do it. And they talked about how they did it, which is exactly what I learned when I first came in. Share at the meetings, share what you've done, ask the question. And a lot of people just told me, Fee, thank you. Because now I'll catch help from the group that runs the group because and I think are going to their meeting Monday night because I have a gift for them. I'm going to give it out next, the last Saturday at the Bitcoin meeting, which is a framed picture of an October, a, 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 inter, yeah, October grapevine issue. It's printed in red and it says, don't drink and go to meetings. Oh. And I've been hanging on to that thing for the longest. I finally took it down. I got a little brass tag saying, this was my gift from God, December 12th, 1979. I leave it for you. All right. Good deal. Pick it up if you like. If you don't, that's okay. Okay. Pete, I have enjoyed talking to you, brother. As always, do you have anything else at all you want to say that I haven't given you an opportunity to say? Well, God has been good to me. That's all there is to it. He took my wife. I registered a complaint and forgot it. Yeah. The other thing that's happened, we had a puppy dog. And that doggy loved Buddy, the little tiny thing. And she was sitting in her bunk here in the living room, looking out the road. One Sunday, people were going in and out of the house. The little puppy ran out in the road and got hit by a car. And Buddy saw it. And she was very unhappy about that. Well, I know you were. And I, Picked the dog up, got, got taken care of. And uh, Richard, you know Richard with the long gray beard? You know him. You haven't been to him. I can't <laughs> He sent me this golden bridge, a rainbow bridge story, which is if you've had a pet and the pet's gone and you get to heaven, look out when you get to the rainbow bridge because that pet is going to attack you. It helped, it helped, buddy. It really helped her. That's the kind of help I got from AA. Yeah. Good people talked to me. Richard gave me a lot of other good stuff, but that one was a quirk. Yeah. So I will continue not drinking. I will continue going to meetings. And having had three wives, I'm not looking for another one. <laughs> it's just I've had gonna... one, I'm not looking for another one either. Okay. 85 is too old to go chasing ladies. I understand. <laughs> well, Pete, I will let you go. Thank you so much for talking to me, and we're going to have to do lunch soon, okay? You let me know. We'll get together. All right. Or is it Willie? All right. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to Holding On With Holder. Please subscribe to my channel. And feel free to share this video all over social media. And Pete, thank you again. I do appreciate you. I will let you go and you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for asking me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.